Hello and welcome to The Plotting Shed. You're listening to Rachel McCarty, founder of Plotplots.com and author of the book I Want to Like My Garden. Each week, The Plotting Shed discusses different aspects of garden design, but we focus on things that other books don't really talk about. I hope you enjoy this podcast and do please hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. Well, hello, good morning and welcome. You are listening to the new series from The Plotting Shed. This is me, Rachel McCarshane. I hope wherever you are in the world, you are all well. I'm very excited this morning. We'll start with the new series of The Plotting Shed. I'm going to be doing a 12-week series of podcasts about garden design and all the problems that I find as a garden designer and talking to you about what you can do and how you can change the garden. So I've got an exciting lineup for you for these next 12 weeks. So I do hope you tune in and listen and you can hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode but I will post these at lunchtime on a Friday every week for the next 12 weeks. So I hope you've all had a good winter. It's been a bit of a monster again hasn't it? We are all stuck here in lockdown once again but hopefully light at the end of the tunnel and when we do You know, spring is coming, we can get back in the gardens again, we can get outside again. Gosh, we might be able to meet people again. That sounds really weird, doesn't it? Go and give somebody a hug at some point. That's going to feel really unusual. I was talking to a friend on the phone yesterday, actually, and I said, it's almost now behaviours change. You know, you meet somebody in the street and you don't have to think, oh, I mustn't go and give them a hug and, you know, touch them or stand close to them. You naturally stand two metres away now. We've got to unravel this behaviour. So I shall look forward to it when we do. But what have we got lined up for you for this particular series? Well, this podcast, I'm actually looking at what garden design is and whether you, as, should we say, non-expert, non-designers, not with professional qualifications, can you ever say that you've actually designed your garden? Then next week, we are going to look at creating gardens um, and how we can overcome the problems that the gardens throw at us in order to make design work. I'll look at how we can make gardens feel bigger than they actually are, because let's face it, gardens have been shrinking. And if you're living in a modern housing development, gardens are very definitely getting smaller. So how can you maximise and make the most of the space that you have? Then I'm going to actually start getting on to one of my, I suppose it's a, it's a pet hate, but the language that garden designers use and how people define what a garden style is, because I personally think it's pretty meaningless. So it's all about, you know, what actually is a contemporary garden? What are you saying if you actually saying that you want to have something like that? And then we're going to go on and look at The next biggest problem that all non-expert gardeners have, which is actually how do you start to work out how you combine plants? How do you create borders that are going to work? What do you do? What's the thought process? And, And if you don't know much about plants, which let's face it, not everyone is a plant expert, what methods can you use? Are there any methods that you can use that help you plan a border that 
don't involve you understanding and knowing every plant on, in the in the garden centre and what it's going to do. And yes, there are. So we'll go into that in a few weeks time. But back to this week. And over the winter, I've sort of I've done some designing and obviously I'm getting a few commissions in now to start designing some gardens in January which has been very nice and they've all been very different that people have got in touch and said help and what can we do and I was thinking what actually is garden design? I was thinking do I actually class myself as a garden designer or am I somebody who understands how gardens work and can help non-expert gardeners create a garden that works for them but does that class as being something that is designed? So I was doing a little bit of reading and I found this article in The Guardian by Lucy Masters, which was entitled What is Garden Design? And I was reading it through and she writes about gardening. Um, and it was just quite an interesting article because I've always thought the same thing. And there was one quote that got me from her article. It was from this American garden designer, Joe Eck, and he said, the more one looks at gardens, actually, or in books, and the more one thinks about them and tries to isolate what is pleasing about them or not, the better one's own garden is likely to be. Now, for me, that's the process I take in terms of garden design. Whereas there are some other garden designers who are much more interested in the narrative behind the design. You know, the design has had to have been thought through in, in using a different type of language in order for it to be classed as properly designed. And what I mean is, you know, you've often heard, if you listen to some of on the radio or the television, you listen to some of the really expert, professional designers who create these amazing landscapes. And the language that they use is something that doesn't really mean a great deal to me. It's things like form and function. They'll talk about flow and proportion. But what does that mean? And I thought, well, for somebody as a, as, who designs gardens for not gardening enthusiasts, but people who want to have a really nice garden but don't know how to do it, Form and function and proportion and balance have very little realistic meaning. And so if I spoke to the customer and said, OK, what sort of proportions and, and, and what's the form the garden is going to take? I'm not going to get the right response. And I think garden design, by its very nature, then, if you're talking that way, you create barriers. And what you do is you create this intellectual barrier between somebody who wants to change their garden and make it work really really well and look beautiful but because they don't know how to use those terms they don't think a garden is actually designed and i completely disagree with that i think it's very wrong to put these artificial barriers in place there has been some fabulous and fantastic gardens created by people without professional qualifications some of the world's greatest historical designers never went to garden design school, yet nobody would turn round to those particular historical figures and, and infer that they somehow were not designers. So my view really about what garden design is, is this. A good design, just like a good product design, has to be fit for purpose. It has to work. It's no good 
having a beautiful chair that you've created that looks wonderful that looks that is created using amazing materials and cutting edge design if when you sit on it it wobbles or it's not comfortable so design is all about making the garden and making something work but it's not just work like a, a an object like a chair which which has only one function which is to be comfortable and stable when you sit on it the garden design that you create has to work for predominantly the people who are going to be using it and that means that it will change its emphasis depending on who owns it however the basic structure of the design should work for whomever it's a bit like if you think back to Victorian era with all the clothes that the ladies used to wear. It's a bit like the corsets and the undergarments that were structurally sound and held everything in. Whatever they put on top looked good because the bits underneath were doing their job properly. And that's the way I've always regarded garden design because by using terms like form, function, proportion, balance, flow, etc. Yes, they these professional designers create amazing gardens, but they generally also have huge bits or large spaces and big budgets to be able to create those. It's easier to create this incredible vista if you've got two or three or four acres to play with. You can indulge yourself in areas of the garden with specific purposes. But most gardens in the UK aren't like that. Most gardens in the UK are sort of 50 feet long by 30 or 40 feet wide. So you simply don't have that space to play with. Every part of a smaller garden has to have a multifunctional purpose. It has to look and be good and work all year round because it's visible all year round you see it you take make three paces and you're from one part of the garden to another but that doesn't mean that these gardens can't be designed it's just i think they have to be designed in a more functional and practical way as opposed to creating some kind of design narrative that takes the visitor through a journey into the garden. That stuff is for the bigger gardens, that stuff's for the bigger budgets. But it doesn't mean that what you do in your garden or what I create for customers isn't design either. It's just design on a different level. What actually are the basic principles that you can use to design your garden? Now again, I'm, I take it from a pragmatic and a practical point of view that the product, the end product, has to work it has to fit the purpose it has to be something that the owner and the user benefits from just looking good is isn't good enough which is why i'm not somebody that adds lots of design or designery features to the garden because i think if it if you haven't got the right corsetry no amount of fancy design features is going to make the design or the garden work it's just going to fill it full of bling well bling doesn't create design 
you have to work out how the garden is going to be used. And this is the key part. In most small back gardens or backyards, the garden is an artificial natural environment plonked into a very urban space. It is surrounded by physical structures usually. There's walls, there's houses, there's patios, there's driveways, all of which are solid, you know, they're solid, big structures. And you've then got this patch of green. You've got to make that little patch of green feel connected to the house and not have this weird looking sort of blob of something outside the back door. So you have to link it to the house some way. And there are some design principles that you can use, which generally you have more symmetry with the house, closer to the house, and then you become more natural as you go further away, which works for most gardens if they're big enough. But when at the end of the garden, you've got a house the other side, you don't lose that structure of the house, do you? It's still there. It's just somebody else's house. So you can't really apply that. Garden has to be usable as well. You know, in a small garden, you're still going to put the bins out. You're going to put the washing line somewhere. And these are factors that have to be created in. Otherwise, when those elements are put into the garden, it becomes this weird addition. Oh, and it's very much sort of shown, oh, well, that's the only place they could put the washing line. Oh, well, that's a shame. It messes up the whole lawn. The kids can't run around anymore. So you have to think these things through. For a small garden, it's all about making the best use of the space that you have available. Really boils down to a few key points, which is, in most small gardens, there are one or two places that you will always sit because that's where you get the morning sun and that's where you get the last of the evening sun. And naturally, people will always put and plonk their chairs or a swing seat or something because that's what we like to do. We're all, we're all little geckos every now and again. Who doesn't like sitting there first thing in the morning with a cup of tea and a cup of coffee and the sun comes around and it hits that spot and you all sit there lie back in the chair, shut your eyes and have a little sunbathing moment. That's never going to change. The sun's not going to suddenly move to a different place. So that's where we have to create the design from, the function of where you are going to be, where you're going to sit and how you're going to enjoy the garden. And from that, it's a process of building features to enable you to get to those places where you're going to sit and enjoy the garden. Now, obviously, there are other factors like, you know, kids space and various other things. But in a small garden, let's face it, there will be some space for the children to run around in. But in a small garden, there's still not a great deal of space. You're still going to have to take them out and give them a good run around the park. So to try and create a big space in the garden for the children to play in. is just going to make your garden really boring and dull because there's very little to enjoy being in it. And the kids still won't run around in it that much because it'll be boring and dull for them as well. So for you, for what is garden design? And can you, as a, a non-expert, a non-professionally qualified gardener, actually create a design? Yes, you can. Just because you haven't got a professional qualification, it doesn't mean you can't design a good product in your garden because you've got the layout, you're getting the corsetry of the garden correct. It is going to work for what you need it to do. So we're going to, over the next few weeks, talk through 
the nitty gritty of that, you know, the how you do this and what you do and how you can create it. And I will use examples of some of the garden designs that I have done designs for because I said at the end of the last podcast series, you know, I would take some of the gardens and take pictures that people had sent me and we can say what's wrong with this garden and what we can do to change it. So you will have to go onto my website and I'll tell you each week where the, where the post is so that you can find it and you can see the pictures and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, and hopefully that will help you with your garden and the changes that you want to make because I'm fully expecting this year that having again had another lockdown for two or three months and come spring where we're still not going to be quite have got our escape papers yet we're all going to be stuck in the garden and thinking what can I do to change it because it's been the same as last year and people just want to do something so I'm expecting this huge explosion of gardening as soon as the weather improves so I want to be able to help you make the most of your gardens but obviously in the meantime if you want any advice you can get onto my website um, at plantplots.com because there's lots of bits I've made changes over the course of the, the winter and updated things and looked at things or you can go and have a look at my book which is available on Amazon as a paperback or an ebook and it's also available in Barnes and Noble and Waterstones online so you can download that it's called I Want to Like My Garden by Rachel McCarty it's been steadily selling I'm very pleased it's not quite sold enough to get me my Caribbean island for me to retire on yet, but we're working on that. And also, you can have a look at the plantplots.com design shop, where I've now put a whole load of style sheets on there um, that you can download. And these basically are planting combination sheets. You know, if you're looking at updating or changing your garden, you think, oh, what mood do I want to have? but I don't know what plants to, to use. I've created a whole load of different styles of planting. So you know what plants would look really nice together. It's creating a coordinated design plan and then all the plant listings and how you look after them and everything else. So you can sit there and say, ah, if I put all these plants in the garden, it will help create a really nice look. So I hope you go on there and have a look at the design shop and tell me what you think. And next week, as I said, we will be looking at how to solve the design problems your garden throws at you. If the garden's a really awkward shape, if it's wide but shallow, or it's a wonky shape, or if you've got features in the garden that you can't get rid of and you've got to design around them, how do you do it? What can you do? What, what's the process? What's the thought process that you need to do to solve those problems? So that will be next week. Enjoy this week and do please subscribe um, or tell me what you think. Drop me an email. I'd love to hear from you. So thank you for listening. Bye bye from now. Take care, stay well and we'll talk soon. Well, thank you for listening. You have been listening to Rachel McCartain of The Plotting Shed. If you've got any questions about this podcast, please email me, rachel at plantplots.com or you visit the website with loads of different information on garden design and gardening advice, along with planting plans that you can download. You can look at the designs that we've created. So do take a look and please do hit the subscribe now button so you don't miss another episode. 
You can also donate if you go onto the website plantplots.com. There's a little button there saying you can buy me a coffee. So all donations will be hugely appreciated. Thank you very much. Enjoy your week, enjoy your garden, take care and stay well.